0: I preached last Sunday morning about the apostle Paul and what a man he was in scripture. What a life that he lived. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and if you're if you're wondering about the kind of the structure of this sermon, most of the time I will have you stand although I'm not going to do that today. And I will read a text and then I'll announce my title. And then I'll have you be seated. But that's, that's not going to happen today. So if you're waiting for the, like the structure, it starts right now. So look at someone and say, the sermon started right now. Amen. Paul writes to the Corinthians in his second letter in chapter 11 and verse 23. And he outlines a little bit about his life. And here's the way he says it. I know that I sound like a madman but I have served him far more. He's trying to uh, prove his worthiness as an apostle, and some in the Corinthian church and even among the religious leaders in Corinth were uh, questioning his authenticity as an apostle. He said, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped without number and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times, I was beaten with rods. Once, I was stoned. Three times, I was shipwrecked. Once, I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Now, before I continue, this makes my... uh, Hey, I got a dislike on Facebook seemed pretty small. Someone gave me a thumbs down. Verse 26, I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then Besides all this, besides all of the aforementioned, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. It is in this passage in Second Corinthians that we see without question that Paul went through. I'm gonna say it real plainly, Paul went through some stuff. Paul endured some hardship. In fact, Paul endured hardship far beyond anything I've ever endured. There's not any of those things that I would even say my life has come close to. And yet, please hear me when I make a couple of statements at the outset of this message. The past can be a great teacher, but it is a very poor place to live. Now, by the way, I didn't get that out of a book somewhere. That's Tim Gaddy E's right there. The past can teach us a whole lot of things, but it is a very poor place to live. Every single thing in my life has brought me to right here. Every good day has brought me right here. Every difficulty has brought me right here every wise decision I make has brought me right here every foolish action I have taken has brought me right here every single thing in my life has brought me and it has brought you to right here and so it seems just so convicting to me what Paul continues to say this time to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, where he simply writes this, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, church, I do not count myself to have apprehended or got there or grabbed a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And then the apostle says it like this, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If I was... Translating my own Bible, it would simply be I pursue toward the goal for the prize of God's call. Everybody say, God's call. It's where I want to take my subject matter this morning when God calls. Everybody say that with me when God calls. Let me ask you a question that I won't have you answer out loud, but think about it as I ask it this morning. What is the most significant positive call that you've ever received? I'll I'll repeat it one more time. What is the most significant positive call you have ever received? Was it the call announcing the birth of your grandchild? Was it a call about a business offer or a job opportunity? Was it a call from a friend or a family member that wasn't close and they wanted now to reconnect? There's something about a call that has great potential. When I was growing up, and I still am quite a baseball fan, and one of the greatest hitters in Major League Baseball when I was growing up was a man by the name of Tony Gwynn. Now, how many of you are old enough to remember, if you're a sports fan, Tony Gwynn? Would you wave at me? Tony Gwynn was a pure hitter. He really didn't hit for a lot of power, although he could hit home runs, but he was one of the purest hitters. He had a swing that people just were envious of, and he played quite a few years. Uh, he, he started his career with the San Diego Padres, and he finished his career with the San Diego Padres, and he was, uh, just a few short years after his retirement, waiting for a call from the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And it's it's really fascinating because these sports figures that I remember when I was a kid, uh, they really become kids when they're waiting and wondering if their contribution to the game was sufficient enough to qualify them in the hallowed halls in Cooperstown, New York. And so with his family around one morning, he got the call. Sitting there hoping the phone rings. And my agent is talking in the background. I can hear him saying something. It's gonna ring, you know. I better faculty, not even, oh it's gonna ring, don't even worry about it. So at 905,
1: <laughs>
0: it rings, and I see two one two. And for the first time that morning, I thought, I might make the Hall of Fame.
2: Hello? Hello, Max. speak with Tony,
1: please. This is Tony. Tony, this is Jack O'Connell with the
2: Baseball Writers Association from New
1: York City. How are you today? I'm good. Tony, I'm calling to tell you that the
0: baseball writers have elected you to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> A call that Tony Gwynn, would never forget all the work, all the practice, all the effort that went into a baseball career and now recognized through one simple call. It is a word that is found replete in Scripture, and the first mention of it in the Bible is in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Here we go, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam. It is in this verse that we are introduced to God's beckon to mankind. And it is from this passage that I wish to preach to this wonderful group of men and women and children that are sitting in this room right now. We have to understand the character of the God whom we worship today. The character of the God whom we worship is not a God who is a bully in heaven who's going to beat us on the head and tell us we're going to serve him whether we want to or not. The God whom we worship on this Sunday morning is not a God that twists our arm behind our back and says, you're going to that job in that direction whether you want to or not. Yet, we serve a God and we worship a God today who on Sunday morning after Sunday morning and Monday after Monday and Thursday after Thursday is standing, calling to us calling to us, lifting his voice and saying, draw near unto me, come closer to me. He's doing it right now in this service. We see the character of a God who loves us enough to call us. Everybody say, he calls us. He doesn't demand it. He doesn't overwhelm us and and, and make us devoid of human will, but rather... He calls for us. You see, when God calls, we have to understand something about this. He calls us first for our honesty. He wants us to get honest about where we're at. The first time he called man, he had a question for him. Adam, where are you? Now, that... that, that Verse has always kind of been funny to me. And I don't mean that in a callous way or uh, any sort of uh, not respect for the word. It's always been funny to me, though, because here is the God who created this man. And here is the God that slung the stars into space and formed all that is. We know by studying this God that he is limitless, boundless, he has no borders, and yet he calls to his creation and says, hey, where are you? And I've always in my mind when I read that thought, are you serious? Is God blind or something? And yet it it has come alive to me in the last several weeks when God called Adam. He was not saying to him, where are you? Because Adam was real good at hiding among the trees, but he was calling him to get honest about where he was because it is after the call that Adam says, I heard your voice. And I realize that I'm naked and I'm ashamed of that. What was God wanting? He was wanting Adam to answer the question, where are you right now? What's going on in your life right now? Can I tell someone right now? Until we get honest about where we are at, we will never improve in our life. Until we get honest about our need for a great God, we will never go forward in our sufficiency in Him. It's when we answer the question, I'm right here, God, and I'm needing you today. I am hearing your call for honesty about where I'm at. Praise God. He didn't ask Adam, where have you been? He didn't ask Adam, where do you want to be? He simply said... Where are you? Where are you right now? Where are you in right standing with God right now? Where are you in relationship with others right now? Where are you in obedience to God's word right now? Where are you in following God's plan for your life? Where are you, Adam? His call is for our honesty. That's good preaching, Pastor. John chapter 1 and verse number 43 says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Everybody look at someone around you and say, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, I love this honesty, can anything good come out of Nazareth? How would you like someone to say that about you Hey, where do you go to church? Well, I go over here to New Life and Cabot. Who's the pastor there? It's that short guy named Gaddy. Where's he originally from? Chicago. Can anything good come out of Chicago? Where are you from? Sylvan Hills. Can anything good come out of Sylvan Hills? Where are you from? Butlerville. Can anything good come out of Butlerville? Can anything good come out of Ward? (laughs) Listen, this is what's funny. Y'all have this perspective looking up here. I'm looking at the whole crowd, and I felt something just go, wait, 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 wait. I'm okay with Sylvan Hills, I'm alright with Chicago, don't get on ward now. (laughs) Philip said to him after he declared, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. (laughs) You might have a preconception about what this man is or where he's from, but if you could ever show up in his presence If you could ever get where he is, you would see that he's more than a man. He's more than just a historical figure. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. Come and see. Get honest enough to investigate him. Oh, I feel it well and in my spirit right now. If there would be some men and women in this room right now that would just be honest about where we are at. We are undone. We're not where we need to be. We need a Savior. Hey, there's a reason He's a Savior, because we need salvation. There's a reason He's a healer, because we need healing. His call today is for our honesty. Where are you? Verse 46 or 47 rather, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, now remember this is the guy that just got done saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Jesus sees him coming toward him and says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Isn't it amazing that one guy questioned the authenticity of the other guy And the other guy said, you're really something. Nathaniel said to him, verse 48, how do you know me? We've never met before. And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, pardon me just for a moment, but that verse right there makes me want to internally combust. And here's the reason why, Brother Odel. because before any of us got here today, this proves God knew right where we were at. <laughs> What'd you have for breakfast this morning? I had two donuts and a cup of coffee. Did you know God knew I was going to have two donuts and a cup of coffee? He knew us today before our eyes ever came open. He knew us before we brushed our teeth. He knew that we were going to be in this church today. He saw us under the fig tree. Before your friend invited you to come today, he saw where we were at. And what he is calling for us today is just to be honest with him and say, Lord, here I am. I'm undone. I need your help. I haven't got it all figured out I just need you to come and help me because his call first is for our honesty secondly when God calls us he calls us to him I want you to see this in your Bible look at Mark chapter number three and verse number 13 Mark chapter 3 the gospel of Mark I love the gospel of Mark it's full of miracles I love all the Gospels but I really love the gospel of Mark Very descriptive, very uh, event-filled. And Mark chapter 3 and verse 13 says, And he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. Look at the last part of verse 13. And they came to him. Verse 14, look at the first word. What's the first word? Say it loudly. Verse 14, if you have to look on the screen, look on the screen and tell me what the first word of verse 14 is. Verse 13 says, and they came to him. Then, after they came to him, after they responded to his call to draw near to him, then he appointed 12, that they might be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Hear me right now. Before doing great things, the disciples had to come to Jesus when he called them. Can you say something? A lot of times we want Jesus to fix all the bad stuff in our life. When Jesus is here today calling us to Him and when we come to Him It sets up the opportunity for his power to be on display. For God to put purpose in our life. To God send us on a journey that is a kingdom journey. Before doing great things, we all like to see the great things. We all like to see the demonstration. We all like to see the power and the power of evangelism. But before all of that happened, Jesus said to them, come to me. Draw near to me. The Bible is full of examples of this Exodus chapter number 2. Moses, the Bible tells us, is raised in Pharaoh's house. And yet before the burning bush, before the exodus out of Egypt, before the crossing of the Red Sea, before the Ten Commandments on the mountain, there was a place called Midian. It was a place of waiting on God. It was a place of perfecting by God. It was a place set apart from the miraculous. But it was a place where God could do something inside of Moses to prepare him to bring the children of Israel out of bondage. Please hear this preacher on this Sunday morning. It is in personal relationship with God that we discover his purpose and his empowerment for our life's mission. Can I tell you something, if you are looking at the future, wondering what the future looks like, can I just tell you, the future is secure in God's economy, but he is calling for us today to draw near to him. Oh, I want someone to hear this right now because I feel it in my spirit. There are people with questions about what the future holds. Decisions that have to be made. Listen, don't seek the decision. Seek Him. And He is the one that can help it to unfold. He calls us to Him first. Pastor, I need to know about the job. I need to know about the future. I need to know about this move. I need to know about my family. What do I do? Can I tell you, get in a prayer closet somewhere. Spend some time opening up the Bible and learning who he is. And there is something that happens when we know who he is, that he begins to speak into our spirit and direct us, and the will of God and the purpose of God unfolds in our life. I, I believe this for a long time, and I want to say it again. Everybody look right up here at this preacher. Listen, most often the plan of God does not, is not revealed in some dramatic way. Listen, listen to this preacher right now. Most of the time, the plan of God is not revealed in some dramatic way. Now, I say most of the time because there's people, you can tell me stories about, that you know, God said Los Angeles, and you heard it and you went. But most of the time, he lets us take one step And the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. You know what that means? That doesn't mean he picks up your foot and takes the step. You take the step. And God comes behind that, seeing that act of faith, and begins to order everything around it. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He lets you take a step, and then he says, I see that faith, and I'm going to reward that faith. I'm going to give you strength to take another step. And his will and his purpose begins to unfold. We can't do that if we're not tuned in to Jesus Christ. That's why the scripture says, in fact, Jesus said it to the churches through John the Revelator in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He calls us to him. He calls us to him. We've had over the years preachers come and and. Uh, People, preachers on our staff have done this. They feel an impression from the Lord, a prophetic word or some sort of word of knowledge, which is absolutely normal for the apostolic church. The gifts of the Spirit should be an operation in the apostolic church. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, working of miracles, discerning of spirits. On down the line it goes. That's normative for the church. It should be normative for the church. But do you know there can be a, a propensity inside of human beings to want someone to tell them what God's will is for them? Listen, I'm just going to be real with you. If I was to announce right now, I'm not, but if I was going to announce right now that we're going to have an evangelist with us in two weeks and this person has been used to give words of knowledge and prophetic words to people, can I just tell you something? This building would be packed. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. We've had it happen before. And I thank God. I thank God for that ministry. I don't want to be misunderstood. But the same God that speaks to that preacher can speak to me in my time of prayer if I will draw near to him. Listen, I know we're not going to jump over chairs on this one right here, but I feel a settling right now in my spirit. If you and I will draw near to him, If we will come up on that mountain and spend time with him, he's going to show you the purpose for your life. He's going to show me the direction for my life. It comes when we first respond to the call to him. What's that look like, pastor? Spend time with him. Spend time with him. Spend time during your day with him. Read his word. Can I just tell you something? When you read his word, you're reading his word to you. Oh God, I need a word. What about the 66 books that are already written? Yeah. Woo, Pastor's going to medlin now. He calls us to himself. Thirdly, when God calls, he calls us to biblical salvation. Everybody say biblical salvation. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, Peter says, You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim, watch this, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you know what living in sin is all about? Ready? It's about blindness because Peter said when he calls you out of darkness, he does so by calling you into his marvelous light. He calls you out of darkness. That word means blindness, ignorance concerning divine things. And we are called by God to biblical salvation so that we may see things differently than we've ever seen things before. It's it's a blindness issue, folks, and one of the things that we can pray for, and I prayed for this service, I'm praying going forward, and I'm asking you to join with me, is that God will touch our eyes to see biblical salvation. I've not come to cross theological swords with anybody, but I have come to declare biblical salvation and say to every one of us in here, God is calling us to that out of darkness, out of blindness, out of ignorance concerning divine things, into his marvelous light. Matthew chapter number 4 and verse number 12, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee and leaving Nazareth. He came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun. And the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Can I just tell you what I felt the Lord speak to me for this day today? There are some people in this church right now who when it comes to biblical salvation in the last few weeks and months, light is dawning in you. Because biblical salvation is about what God is speaking to me right now. I want to say it again. Everything in our life has brought us to where we're at right now. So we must ask the question, am I hearing God's call to biblical Salvation. The word called there means spoken aloud, called by name. The first reference of this in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. And she, the angel speaking to Joseph, she, Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It is a spoken thing. He is calling us. He, God is using the preached word of the Lord right now to call people to biblical salvation. God is using the word of the Lord coming across a pulpit right now to call, to speak aloud to someone of biblical salvation. I'm not preaching entering a church and joining church. By the way, you're you're not going to have to come up here and shake my hand and stand along the front and extend the right hand of fellowship because church membership is one thing. Salvation is something so different. So I ask the question, what is God saying to us? What is God saying to me about biblical salvation? The first time, We see in the New Testament, after the giving of the law, all the prophets showing up. And the first time that we see, after the ascension of Jesus, that a message is preached in a setting with the public. It's in the book of Acts. It's in the history book of the church, the book of Acts. And the scripture says that Peter stood up after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And he, he brought the word. It's actually a pretty short sermon. Well, let me say it like this. What is recorded in the book of Acts is short. Scripture does say with other words he preached, but what we see in Scripture, it's a pretty short sermon. And the church said amen to that. <laughs> and here's how he ended his sermon. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore, based on everything I've just preached... Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. How's that for winning friends and influencing people? He says to the people to whom he preaches, You're guilty. Verse 37 When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? We don't like being in this fix, we don't like feeling guilty. We recognize that we crucified Jesus. What do we have to do? Then Peter said to them, verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the removal of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. Watch this last phrase. As many as the Lord our God will call. Because God is calling today for biblical salvation. And so I have to ask it what are we doing with the call from God to repent of our sins? Tim, what are you doing about that? Is that just a nice verse that Pastor read? Or am I having a responsibility with that? If I want to hear the call, what am I doing about that word called repentance? Am I truly turning from sin and asking the Lord to forgive me and claiming 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins... He is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What am I doing with the call of the Lord to repent? What am I doing with the call of God to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? What am I doing about that? What am I doing about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit Because according to the Bible, he's calling for that. Sir, he's calling you to biblical salvation. Ma'am, he's calling you to biblical salvation. I feel it in my spirit today. It's been just a little over 30 years ago since the Lord called me into ministry. And I have to share with you, and our, our musicians can come, and, and I'll be done here in just a minute. We'll pray. But I have to share this with you. Everybody look right here. They'll do fine getting up to the platform themselves. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give you my testimony right now, but suffice it to say, I never wanted to be a preacher. Never. Never. I had people tell me when I was 12 or 13 years old, you're going to be a preacher someday. I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, you can get up and speak in front of people. You're going to be a preacher. No, I'm not. won't get into that whole story. God completely radically changed my life when I was 18 years old, and he called me to minister and to preach. And since that day, over 30 years ago, Brother Shirley, I've had something driving me. And if you've ever heard this preacher, I know some of you are here for the first time, so you're saying, I've never heard you preach before. Well, listen, if you never hear me preach again, I'm glad I can say what I'm fixing to say right now. Something that drives me every morning when I get up is I have to stand before God someday and answer the question, did I declare biblical salvation? I got to stand before God. I don't know what you think when you go home, but when I go home, I ask myself the question, did you preach what God gave you, Tim? Did you preach the whole word of God? Did you change it? Did you take it, take from it? Did you water it down? Or did you just preach God's word? Because folks, listen, when you and I stand before God someday, he is not going to ask us how long we went to a church. He's not going to say, how much did you give in the offering? Were you a tither? I hope you are. That's biblical, that's scriptural. He's not going to have us stand before him and say, how close were you to the pastor? Did you bring your kids to youth group? How faithful were you to the house of God? There is one thing that will get us from this earth to heaven, and that is truly being saved. Following the call of God to biblical salvation. That's why I will stand in this altar area right now and tell you when I preach about water baptism, I am not asking you to come and identify with this church. I'm not asking you to get wet and mess up your lunch because your roast is going to burn in the crock pot. I'm not asking you to come and just simply say, hey, I like that preacher. I think I'll go get baptized. I am asking you to listen for the call of God to biblical salvation. I could stand up here today and, and tell you some story about somebody that got in a car accident. And here's the thing, we're not promised tomorrow. We are not promised Monday. We are not promised to be able to get in that building. And so for this day, right now, I feel it incumbent in my spirit to make sure every single person under the sound of my voice knows that this Bible teaches that we must repent of our sins. We must be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then we will be filled with the Holy Spirit as his spirit comes in our life. That is biblical salvation so I'm asking the question if you never come back that's between you and Jesus right now and that's specifically to our new people but I'm asking every single person under the sound of my voice right now are we hearing that call to biblical salvation I'm gonna take it a step further if you're here today and you repent of sins and you're water baptized in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is promised for you. That's what scripture says. Listen, listen to pastor right here. If you do that and you never come back to this church, I'm not gonna feel bad at you. But what I am asking you to do is don't just come and push aside the call to biblical salvation. Come. Let the Lord add to your knowledge and your experience. we got home Bible studies for that. But please hear the call that God is making to you today. I want to hear it. Stand with me if you would, please. And I'm going to ask us not to move in and out right now because there's some people going to make some real important decisions right now. And I'm just going to ask the church family, those of you that know how to pray, I wish you would just help me intercede right now because eternity has stepped in this house today. I feel it. Eternity has stepped in this house today. I feel the press of eternity in this room. Come on, I'm asking some people not to look around right now. I'm asking you to help Pastor pray right now. There's some people that are hearing the call of God. Hallelujah. There are some people that are hearing the call of God right now let's not push it aside let's not get distracted from it right now let's let's be responsive to the call of the Lord in our life right now come on he calls us to honesty Where are yet Where are yet right now he calls us God calls us he calls us to him to draw near to him he calls us to biblical salvation he calls us close to him praise God praise God praise God I'm just going to open up the front of this church you know what many times we'll have people come and and pray and I feel that 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 urge in the spirit right now if you just feel like you need to pray right now you need to step out from where you are and join with us up here in the front and pray maybe you're with a friend and you feel that urge to just respond to the Word of God I want us to come and gather around the front of this sanctuary right now the call of God is in this house right now The call of the Holy Spirit is in this house right now. Come on. Jesus is calling for us right now. Somebody hear the call. Somebody hear the beckon of the Lord. Somebody hear the call of the Spirit right now. Come on. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to water baptism in the name of Jesus. He's calling us close to him. Come on. He's calling today. He's calling today He's calling today hallelujah God I hear your voice I Respond to your voice right now Come on. Let's be honest with him right now. Let's be honest with him right now If you need to ask the Lord to forgive you go ahead and cry it out to him? He will forgive us He will draw us near to him Oh to Oh, yes, Lord. I, I, I listen, Lord. I'm listening for your call right now. You are my Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, nothing else will do but you, Lord Jesus. Come on, men. Come on, women. Come on, children. That's it. Cry out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Jesus said, unless you're born of water and spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I need you today, God.
1: Come on, that's it. Respond to the call of God. Respond to the call of God. You're all that I want, Jesus.
0: Praise God praise God there's so many experiences over 20 years of pastoring that I remember one in particular I was sitting across a kitchen table with a couple we were going through a home Bible study and we got on the subject of water baptism and when the word was taught how many of you know there's power in this Bible there's power in the scriptures and when the word was taught I remember the wife of the couple. She just sat back in her chair, and she got the most astonished look on her face. You know what she said to me, Brother Isaiah. She looked at me and she said, "Pastor, I just saw that. I hadn't seen that before, but I just saw that. I just saw in the Bible where water baptism was in the name of Jesus Christ. You know what? You know." It was not just a sight thing and not just a blindness to, to sight thing but it was a call that God was making through his word and she said yes I'm hearing what you're saying God I'm hearing what you're saying amen I'm so thankful that you've been in the house of the Lord and let me just say if you are here and you hear the call of God to repentance live that out this week repentance is simply acknowledging I'm not done it right Lord Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, and I'm going to receive your forgiveness. It's not just me confessing it. It's believing that if I confess it, he will forgive it. If you're here and you need to answer the call to water baptism in the name of Jesus, I'll stay here as long as you want, and we'll baptize you. Not worried about that. You let let somebody know. Let somebody touch somebody. Come up wave at me want to be a part of that in your life you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit as the Spirit gives utterance begin to speak with other tongues as Scripture teaches we're here God wants to fill you with his Spirit so we're gonna pray one more time just all across this room brother Gary Wilson I want you to pray and he's my friend he's been with us for a few weeks lead us in prayer right now I want you to lift up your voice as brother Wilson leads us in prayer reach over to your family and just touch them right now put your hand on their shoulder Brother Wilson, lead us in prayer as God administers in this house, in Heavenly Jesus' Father, name. I pray, O
2: God, right now,
0: he that you would move upon
2: every person, that you would move upon every mind, that you would move upon every heart, that you would let the word of God fall deep, O God, in our hearts, O Lord, and grow. Let it find the good ground, O God. Jesus, Lord, I pray, O Lord, that you would move in a mighty way, that you would touch our hearts, oh God, and you would move, O Lord. Jesus, that you would open our hearts, O oh God, to receive the good word of God. That you would move, oh Lord, that you would touch us, oh Lord. Jesus, that you would bless us, oh God, with the word. Let us cherish the word and let it fall, oh God. Let it so deep, oh God. Let us expand it. Let us let it expand it 60, 100 of all, oh God. Lord Jesus, I pray, oh God, that you would move that you would help us, O oh God. Help us to receive your word. Help us, O oh Lord, to lay down that pride of life, O oh God, and seek and buy that precious pearl, that, Lord, that we would be willing to sell everything for, O oh Lord, in Jesus'
1: name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ. We praise
0: you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for helping us today, Lord. We glorify you. Thank you for speaking today, Lord. Thank you for speaking today, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're dismissed whenever you would like. Thank you for being at New Life. Got a great small group night Wednesday night. Don't forget that. Come here for a great night of small groups. Let us know if we can pray with you. We can baptize you. We can join with you in prayer.